0: the World, a fictional adventure told in 100 episodes. Episode 37, The Lost Boy of Liechtenstein. Doubt leads to paralysis. Sometimes, this paralysis manifests itself in the form of physical lethargy, sometimes as indecisiveness, or sometimes as emotional detachment. For Jennifer Dash, paralysis amidst doubt meant all of the above. ¶¶ She had tried her best not to be downtrodden by the news that Atticus further had a girlfriend. Jen had been a million miles away for months now. He's a strapping young man, why wouldn't he go out and get him a nice girl? Jen had no say over his life, no direct influence. There followed a stream of potential maneuvers which rushed into Jen's mind. (laughs) She could show up on his doorstep, once again homeless, beg onto his generosity, sleep on his couch for a week, win over Scout, Atticus's little sister, get her to like Jen, get her to push for Jen being a presence in the family, or, maybe more importantly, impress Joseph further, the paterfamilias of the household. Impress him with all she learned from the book he gave her. Lie to him. Tell him how she kept sacred every one of his ten rules. But Jen wasn't good at lying. Especially when it came to things like the death of Tiff. Any thought of the guidelines brought with it the searing pain of fighting Tiff. And all that blood. The blood that even now coursed through Jen's veins. And then there was the book. All the lessons Jen picked up from it were foggy now. She could barely even recall who any of the 50 pitiable ones were. Something about Dr. Seuss? Some painter guy who made up a new color? Amelia Earhart? Jen had left the book back at Pishtaco's Island. Drowning suicide escape plans didn't leave room for Jennifer to remember to grab all of her things before exiting past the gift shop. Maybe one of the hedgies picked her book up. Maybe the numbered man, 666, was reading it right now. But more than all these potentials, Jen fantasized about wooing Atticus back. Showing up around town all dolled up, maybe wearing the Cinderella gown she just bought in downtown Zurich. She could buy a plane ticket back to the States right now if she wanted. She could use that black credit card of Lilith's. But showing up all mascarid and eyelinered up wasn't going to cut it anymore. Atticus wasn't available, so Jen shouldn't be either. It struck Miss Dash that she should show up with some arm candy. Maybe an older, rich, beautiful man. At once, she vomited from her mind the idea of Antonio d'Anconia being her trophy boyfriend no. There was only one man that could fit that bill. Miles Faw. He'd make the perfect fake suitor. He'd play that part in spades, smiling all the while. He'd win the day for Jen once more, be her savior in time of need once again. But Miles Faw was dead. still, he was dead and had a girlfriend. The wretched double blow. Reality being what it was, hard and inflexible, Jen didn't do anything. She didn't purchase any plane tickets or make any rash decisions. She waited in her motel room for days. Atticus said he'd call her back. Why hadn't he? Did he lie? Was he just trying to get rid of her? Out with the old Jen, in with the new girlfriend and her snotty-nosed, piano-recitaling brother. If only Jen had a little brother, and he could have piano recitals, then maybe none of this stupidness would happen. A burning sensation had started to develop under Jen's cast. That was probably a good sign, but it sure didn't feel good. Why? Why hadn't he called? Three days, and Jennifer Dash had just about lost her mind. In the lobby of the motel, there was a large fish tank. She'd been asked countless times by various motel staff if she needed something, as she looked like she was waiting for someone or some service as she just stood there, for minutes on end, staring at the fish tank. It occurred to her that all this waiting, this burning, this remorseful, fiery contemplation could go away. It could all go away. All Jen had to do was drop her cell phone into the fish tank. Plunk. Just like that. She wondered if Biggie, her name for the puffer-like fish that swam boredly from end to end all day long, would try to eat her cell phone. With the thing waterlogged and damaged beyond all repair, Jen wouldn't have to worry herself with the likes of Atticus further anymore. She wouldn't be doting on his call. It'd all be over. Atticus could return to being a blithe fantasy at the center of Jen's mind. No more would pesky reality get in the way. But then, the awful prize of treason. What if Atticus did try to call her? Then she'd be selling out a perfectly blissful reality for her sham imagination works. Gah, no good. None of it. Stuck in the netherworld of doubt and indecision, Jennifer Dash watched TV. For being in Switzerland, essentially the heart of mainland Europe, Jen was impressed with the vast array of English-language TV channels her motel room received. That Saturday morning, amidst a commercial break of the very strange end-of-the-world flick knowing, Jen flipped through some channels until a news story about the lost boy of Liechtenstein caught her attention. The news channel was in German, but the images carried the message well enough. The boy was still lost. It looked like thousands had gathered the night before in front of the mayor's house for a candlelight prayer vigil. Many held up signs with the boy's face. He was so small, just a skinny little thing, with such a big smile, and eyes, deep blue eyes of wonder and awe. Jen's heart leapt out for the boy He was probably just like her being tossed and turned in a sea of adventures beyond his comprehension. Right now, he was probably hiking through unknown turns in the vast metropolis of Liechtenstein's sewers. She was just like him, a person no longer tethered to the economy of the world, no longer fixated on family ties and geographical interconnectedness. He was a boy of the world, just as Jen was now a young woman of the world. She could lead him. Robin could be her sidekick. How's that? Robin, the sidekick. Well, that just about sealed the deal. Jennifer Dash Batman, with the lost boy of Liechtenstein in tow as Robin the Boy Wonder? Yes, please. That reality was good enough to move on. Screw Atticus. Screw Miles. Screw their girlfriends, too. Jen was going to do some darn good on this earth. She was going to save the lost boy of Liechtenstein. But now, this wasn't Jen's first underground rodeo. If she was to traverse back into the underworld, back into the mines of Moria, this time, she was going to be prepared. Jennifer Dash needed three things. With Lilith Babbitt's Everywhere You Wanna Be black credit card, all three of Jen's needs were quite attainable. Thing one, a backpack. Presumably, a large one. Jen picked out the darkest black backpack she could find. It reminded her of the one she left her home in Louisiana with. this one, being brand spanking new, hadn't lost its vivid blackness yet. Thing two, heavy-duty clothes. The winter in Europe, now just beginning, had thus far been unseasonably warm. So warm, in fact, that today, rather than snowing, it was merely raining. Jen thought of the sewer water, and even in this moderately warm temperature, how cold it could be. Jen bought several layers, so that she could bundle and be cocooned within one large, water-resistant jacket. Thing 3, Night Vision Goggles. Hey, she had all the money in the world right now, why not splurge? Plus, it could be really dark down there. Who knows who's hunted the boy already and came up with nothing because Robin hid in the shadows. The intimidatingly bearded dude who would sell her some goggles asked Jen if she would be in a low-light setting or a no-light setting. Jen wasn't sure, and since she wasn't exactly sure, the man recommended new, state-of-the-art, heat-sensing goggles. They wouldn't pick up depth very well, or forms per se, but this particular outlet store didn't have any army-grade no-light night vision, so this was the very best they could offer Jen if she found herself in the pitch black. Jen decided these heat-sensing goggles, rather than mere regular glow-in-the-green-dark night-vision goggles, would do the trick just fine. And while she was already there, buying army-grade utility devices, why not throw in a grappling hook for good measure? There was no real reason for the purchase besides the idea of being like Batman. Batman always had a grappling hook, and a utility belt, but Jen wasn't willing to go quite that far. For today, having a friggin' cool grappling hook was quite enough. On her way out of town, Jen filled her backpack halfway full with suckers. The lost boy would surely be hungry, and what child, when hungry, wouldn't think a lollipop was the most desirous thing in all the world? the motel ordered Jen a taxi. The fare would be outrageously expensive, but again, what would Jen Dash care? After some dialogue about which place would be the best to start of Jen wanted to see every city in Liechtenstein, the cabbie and Jen decided on the humorously named Liechtensteinian town of Balzers. That's right, Balzers. Still not really sure what the conversion rate was, but thinking wrongly that it was cheaper than the dollar, and tipped the cab driver 100 Swiss francs. That man, my friends, had a good day. As it turns out Liechtenstein, even in the rain, is a pretty place. Wedged in the hills, the petite countryside gives off a constant breezy feeling of, everything's going to be okay. Troubles may come, but they won't linger and moseyed on around the small town for some time before parlaying in front of a manhole. Balzers, as well as modern Liechtenstein as a whole, is wondrously clean. As it stands, there are, in fact, more companies registered within the borders of the landlubbered country than there are natural citizens. As a European country, Liechtenstein is replete with wealth, national geographic beauty, and just the right amount of citizenry. Unlike Los Angeles or Las Vegas, Liechtenstein does not present to the passerby an overwhelming mass of humanity. Jen pondered on this and remarked to herself that surely this little slice of heaven would be a fantastic country to retire to. A vision of herself, 70 years old, holding the hand of an aged yet ruggedly handsome Atticus, flashed in Jen's head before venom seeped into the fabric of the image, changing Jen's face, her body, her hand, into some unknown girlfriend. Atticus further, old and happy, bumbles about the streets of Balzers with his maid of 50 years, his un-Jennifer Dash. What a pity. Wishing for herself an escape from this daydream, Jen studied the manhole at her feet. It was the middle of the day, but with the cold sting of just above freezing rain puttering down, Jen wasn't worried anyone would catch her descent into the underworld. What did worry her, however, was how to open the manhole itself. It had just one small hole at the center of its circle, and it looked mighty heavy. Fortunately, that's when Jen gleefully patted herself on the shoulder. It hadn't crossed her mind at all back in Zurich that opening a Liechtensteiner manhole would prove difficult, yet something inside of her must have intuited the situation. What else was her instinctive grappling hook purchased for? Jen pulled the hook out of her backpack, slid one of the sharp edges into the hole, and with relative ease, pulled back the manhole. <laughs> And now... The ladder back down... Into the unknown. Perhaps as a force of habit, Jen counted the steps down. One... Two... Three... Four... Five... Six... Seven. And that's it. Seven. What a relief. In the sewer itself, there was no light. Jen was right to buy the heat-seeking goggles. They came in handy almost instantly upon her descent. Unlike the catacombs under L.A., which the Patriot filled with false phosphorescent light, the passageway under this landlocked nation held no illumination whatsoever. But Jennifer wasn't alone. She knew instantly as soon as she donned the heat-sensing goggles. Rats. Lots of rats. Scurrying all around as well as what Jen supposed were spiders, held themselves in air at various degrees to either side. The rats and spiders on the far sides of the tunnel kept Jen strictly marching north up the center of the tunnels. Unlike many women, Jen had no extraordinary fear of either rats or spiders. Actually, much to her own surprise, she found them inviting. This purgatory hadn't yet been subsumed by the wit and power of human will and imagination. There were no spiders in the Patriot's lair. Critters living and gnawing around meant regular old nature, not the numbered man's genetic freak island. These were soothing revelations to Jennifer. There are 250 kilometers of paved roads in the fourth smallest nation in the world. It felt like Jen had traversed half of that, though in reality it was much less than half when her goggles shone red the figure of a small human. The image was frightening at first. Jen threw her goggles off to try to see in real life what the goggles presented. She feared, upon first inspection, that she'd stumbled upon some sewer troll or gremlin of some sort. But taking the goggles off was no help. The sewers were pitch black. It was maybe 60 paces in front of Jen. Just little thing huddled over itself, and even from a distance, and using the infrared goggles, Jen could tell the thing was shivering, violently. The poor boy. He was probably freezing down here. Hello? Hello? Jen called out, trying to be as chipper and welcoming as she could. The huddled mass froze. It pivoted. Could it see her? Jen stopped in her tracks. What if it wasn't the boy? It could still be a gremlin, after all, some sort of night monster. An abomination of the dark. Like whatever it was she heard in the bowels of the earth on Pishtaco's Island. Hey! Hey! I won't hurt you. Come here, Jen said bravely. The huddled mass evaporated, sprinting into the distance as fast as his little legs could take him. He was no gremlin. He was the lost boy of Liechtenstein. He was Jen's Robin. Not knowing what else to do, Jen sprinted after him. She was tired, sure, but she hadn't gone all this way just to lose him. Wait! 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 She called to the boy. She was nearly on him. He was so skinny and small. Hey, I have food. The boy collapsed and froze, seemingly defeated. It's okay, Jen neared the boy, trying to reach out a loving, warm hand. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. (coughs) the boy shot up and darted out, somehow renewed in his terror. Jen was dazed, and before she could collect her thoughts, the boy, in his red-heat-censored form, was gone. He said leprechaun, didn't he? Why did he shout leprechaun? He must have thought she was one. Why would an eight-year-old boy suspect that the thing that was chasing him in the sewers under Liechtenstein was a creature from Irish myth? As Jen trekked on, once again trudging through the underground in search of her robin-boy wonder, She sucked on a mint chocolate chip sucker and racked her brain for what she knew about leprechauns. They liked rainbows. They liked pots of gold. And they're small. They wear green suits. They have red hair. That's it. (laughs) That's all that Jen could come up with. Why was Robin scared of little green-suited men? Jen trudged on, but to be honest, she didn't much care for the mint chocolate chip flavor of the sucker. And this particular sewer, besides going on and on and on and on was boring, and Jen was tired. Tomorrow, she'd figure out a new way. She found a ladder, climbed up, pushed off the manhole, and returned once more to the world under the sky. It was dark now. Jen was in Vaduz, the capital city. That was the good news. The first motel she tried to check into asked to see her passport. Jen didn't have any such things, so she slipped out as the maitre d' turned away to grab some paperwork. She then made her way to a snazzier, upper class-looking joint. This time, she made sure to flash her black limitless credit card at reception. No one asked to see any paperwork. In the morning, Jen set on foot to find reinforcements. She did so in the form of a brood of a man, Ludwig. Before departing her motel in the morning, Jen established three criteria for the person she was going to hire to help her recover the lost boy. 1. The person had to speak English as well as the local dialect of German. 2. The person needed to be strong and fast. Jen was looking for a, quote, bodyguard. She wasn't going to market herself as a sewer wanderer in search of the most wanted person in the country. Asking for a bodyguard seemed like a reasonable request. People could believe that, right? And three, the employee had to be discreet. Jen's first thought was to go to the tourist shop and ask around for a tour guide, but upon reflection, how on earth was that going to work? Hi, my name's Jennifer. I'm looking for someone to give me a tour of the sewers below your city. No, tourism wouldn't work. And tour guides aren't exactly known for keeping their yappers shut either. It was at that point then, by mere coincidence... Jen happened to pass a gym. Ludwig was doing lunges with 100 kilo weights when she approached him. What she liked best about old Ludwig, besides the fact that he was available immediately, was that he appeared to be a quiet man. After Ludwig accepted the job and she told him that they were going underground, he merely grunted, no questions asked. Just a mild manner grunt that Jen interpreted as, so is that what bodyguarding is all about these days. Back below, in the darkness of the sewers, Jen had to make some quick decisions. She only had the one pair of goggles, so either Jen or Ludwig was going to have to trudge blindly. Solution? Ludwig wears the set. Jen holds his hand. The next internal debate for Jen. Does she come clean with Ludwig about what they're actually doing down here? Answer? No. Ludwig, I have to be honest. Yes? I didn't exactly need you to be a bodyguard. No? No, Ludwig. It's Ludwig. Right. Ludwig, I... You see, my husband hit my son. Yes. Hit him in the face. And my son ran away yesterday. I found him down here, but, uh, he ran away. I need you to catch him. Okay. And that was that. No questions. I love this big lub. It didn't take long trudging in silence before it happened. I think I see him. Stay. Jen listened to the big pounding steps of the gym rat chasing down the small pitter-patter of Robin. No scream this time. Jen couldn't see it, but Ludwig had wrapped an arm around the boy like a vice, carried him nearly horizontally, and covered the boy's mouth with his hand. Ludwig returned to Jen, lost boy in arm. Up? No, not yet. I need you to ask him a question for me. Me? Yes, Ludwig. I told you. Discretion. Don't ask questions. What do you want me to ask? Tell him my name is Jennifer. Your name's Ludwig. And we aren't going to hurt him. Her name is Jennifer. My name is Ludwig. And... Knock it off, Ludwig! Ludwig! This isn't the time to be silly. Tell him in your language. Ludwig followed Jen's orders. Now, here. Hand him this. Jen pulled a sucker out of her pocket and handed it to the darkness. Ludwig grabbed it, said something to the boy. Jen smiled as she heard Robin's little fingers unwrapping the pop. Okay, now ask him why he's hiding here. Ludwig again obediently followed directions. But there was no answer from the boy. Tell him I can give him anything he wants. Anything at all. No answer. He is too scared, I think. Okay. Ask him, hmm, ask him why he shouted out the word leprechaun yesterday. Leprechaun? The little green men? Yes, Ludwig, the little green men. Just ask him. The boy began to whisper softly into Ludwig's ear. He says the leprechaun came out of the golden bull's backpack. Golden booze? This is an old legend in Liechtenstein. This boy is Robin. Everyone's been looking for him. Don't you think I know that, Ludwig? Jeez, what do you think I hired you for, dummy? But you said, why you ever listen to me, I'll never know. You are a confusing woman. It's a confusing world, Ludwig. It's a confusing world. Tell me about the golden booze. Long ago, there was an old, big fat woman that would come into hotels in Liechtenstein. She'd be carrying a big box. She'd ask the motel keeper to keep the box in a safe place. In the middle of the night, a small man would pop out of the box and steal whatever, gold or jewelry, was in the safe place. The boy began to feverishly whisper something. Ludwig responded. Jen could hear compassion in his voice. He was now following Robin's assertion and whispering just as the boy did. Maybe Jen had misjudged her golem. The boy now was whispering back to Ludwig, the two having an entire conversation without Jen let in in the slightest. What's going on? What's he saying? He says, whatever we do, if we're good people at all, we can't let anyone know he's here. He says his father will kill him. Why does he think that? Ludwig whispers. The boy responds. He says that the mayor... His father-in-law made sure that his mother was killed, and he tried to have Robin killed the same way. Did someone try to strangle him? Jen asked sadly. No. Robin says a man saved him. His best friend's father saved him. How? He was there, with Robin in the room, with the golden booze and the leprechaun. Jennifer, I don't think we should give this kid up to the authorities. They'll just return him to the mayor. You don't trust the mayor? I've had my own dealings with him. He's not a good man. I believe the boy. Robin began whispering feverishly once more. What's he saying now? Ludwig paused, then said, He wants to know if you are a good witch. Why does he think I'm a witch? Because he saw the golden booze. He thinks she's a witch. Does he think all women are witches? I do not know. But he says if you can do anything for him, there is one thing he wants. Jen smiled. She was in a unique position to grant any request the boy might have. He wants you to bring his mother back from the dead. As always, I'd like to thank all the creators of content on freemusicarchive.org and freesound.org. Full attribution is given to the sound effects and music I have used in this episode on my show notes page at dantestack.com. Thanks for listening to Solve the World, guys. Please, if you're a regular listener, let me know about it. You're always welcome to write me an email at Stack at gmail.com. I'll do my best to respond to you, and I love to hear from listeners, even if it's a gripe please 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 it's the most important thing write a review for us on itunes or stitcher if you're a stitcher user that goes a long way to help me keep this thing running thanks guys adventures on the numbered man's island gave her a lesson in the limits of biology and science on this earth she's about to experience firsthand the other side of the coin what's in store for jennifer dash magic real bona fide magic that's next time on solve the world